What's up, guys? Welcome to the pregame lobby. First ever one-on-one NAL interview here. I'm joined today by Payray of the Sloop Deluxe, the number one pro league team in the regular season of season four of the NAL. Payray, how you doing today, man? Howdy. Doing great. So tell me a little bit about, so first of all, you guys just taking the NAL by storm this year, coming in, you know, I, I think people that know the individual players on your team and kind of watch you guys and see the champions and stuff before kind of knew you guys were going to be a threat. I know you talked about early in the season, I think it was Rage Trucks. I was already talking about you guys being a favorite, even though you guys had only played a couple scrims and like one one match maybe um how has this first season been for you guys competing in the nal you know this first season actually was a blast you know got to meet a lot of players you know you see names and you're like oh i know that person oh i bumped into that person and so really getting to know the players themselves has been a blast i mean it's such an amazing community and it it was a lot of fun we had our ups and downs um (laughs) Especially at the beginning. Um, I remember when we decided to uh, start Galley Arena itself, right? And beforehand, um, I I was only a slew player. I had never played Galley Arena. Well, you know how the old meta was like, you just get on a ship and you just camp the heck out of them and and run thousands of points on that. So I've done that a few times, but I had never really like played Galley Arena itself. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was a learning curve, you know, it's a uh, it had different metas in a way to where you played differently, um, especially with like great bailing and the fire bailing and all that stuff that I had no idea was in the game. And so <laughs> when we first started uh, playing Galley Arena, we ran into this team that had uh, it was I thought at the time it was a clan because they all had captain in their names. <laughs> and boy, they were they were talking a lot of trash, man, and they were steamrolling us. Like these guys were getting ten K points on us every game for three games in a row, and then they all bounced out, right? And so it was an eye opener. It's like, wow, we have a lot of improvement that we need to do. And, you know, the qualifiers for uh, NAL was literally two weeks from that point. It was just something that we we threw together. Right, right, right. Wow. So over time, you know, we ended up, um, you know, getting better, obviously. (laughs) But Mm. uh, it it was something that we had to persevere. Uh, We had to learn a lot. We invested a lot of the time and we, we practiced hard, you know. We, the most important thing is we love each other. Mm-hmm. And so later on, as we're doing uh, unofficial team scrimmages, right? I won't name the team that, that it was, <laughs> but this team joins into the, the unofficial scrims on their alt accounts, right? And lo and behold, it's those captain guys that have <laughs> steamrolled us and we're getting 10K point clubs on us. And uh, I thought that was hilarious, you know? It's it's crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was funny that they, they let us see the alt and be like, whoa, it's you guys, you know? <laughs> yeah, it, it's crazy to me. Like, until I – and I'm I'm not in the, the really the TDM community. I, I've been like – I tip my toe into the – just the arena 
community during like July, August when I was grinding out my legendary sea dog. And it's crazy like how often, first of all, that you see the same people. And it's really cool actually because it's like you'll play against some people and then like a week later, two weeks later, like you'll see them again and you had like four or five really good games with them, like head to head, like going down to the wire. And so then it's just like, unless they're super toxic, like it's just, it's all love. And it's like, oh, hey, how's it going? How have these games been, you know? Right, uh, right. And you make friendships that way too. It's yeah, it's pretty crazy how, how many people I bump into that mm-hmm. I played into before. For sure. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, So you're not, you're not going to give us the name then of the, the team <laughs> <laughs> maybe i i won't put them on blast <laughs> okay okay yeah it, it's also it's amazing to me i didn't realize how many people had alts you know like in terms of like your i, I feel like mostly it's like tdmers and stuff you know just in case yeah it, it's mostly the tdm community and a lot of times like i will say a lot of times with tdmers some of them like can be toxic just like initiate the toxicity but a lot of times you know it's when you're trying to tdm or like you're spawn camping or anything like that they start getting toxic, which then leads to you getting, you know, and it bounces back and forth, and then you get baited into saying something that gets you account banned for a little bit. So, right, um, <laughs> I think it's also the the company that you surround yourself with, you know. Oh yeah, if you surround yourself with bad vibes; those bad vibes will run onto you. For and sure. If you surround yourselves with, you know, good vibes. You know, the oh, good yeah. vibes flourish. Hell yeah, dude! <laughs> so. Um, as a, like, you kind of mentioned it, like you did a lot of sloop arena. Um, you've been playing how many, how many hours would you estimate you have in this game? <laughs> I don't even know how to estimate how much time I played this game. Well, let's put it this way. You had, you told me the other day you have how much gold? Uh, I have 81 million gold right now. Okay. Actually and, 82 million today. And I'm assuming that you have bought everything in the game. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. Everything that I can. <laughs> so you have about a hundred million in terms of just overall investment. Um, so you you played this game quite a bit. Um, so as yeah. a vet, you've been playing forever. Um, you competed, like I said, in Sea of Champions. What have have you learned from the NAL specifically that you hadn't known, or kind of how has it maybe helped you hone your skills in certain ways? I know you said you hadn't played a lot of Galley Arena. Or is there other ways? Well, the from playing in C Champions when it was the Sloop tournament and the, the NAL, what I've learned is that um, you have to change your play style. Right now, uh, Naval is huge in the meta. As to where, you know, I thought boarding people more often was the way to win. And I would try and consistently board other ships and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, yeah, you get to slay another ship out and stuff, but then all of a sudden you notice, hey, I'm losing this game, even though <laughs> I'm slaying out ships. And it, it really shifted the, the way I thought of how, how to play the game, you know? Mm-hmm. And so the, the thought processes and decision-making, um, is, it's, it's different, you know? You have to think different. You can't play selfish. If you play selfish, you're most likely not going to win. Yeah, you'll you'll probably slay out a a few crews and and let them know about it, you know. But uh, you're not necessarily winning those games. And it was uh, a an eye opener, especially in Galley Arena, because uh, we had tried to send two people to board at a time, you know. 
think in the old galley meta where you have to just get on a ship, ank them, and then camp them, and <laughs> then run up points on them. But uh, you definitely learn that that's not the way to win when you play against uh, pro teams. That's for sure. Yeah, I think, and, and my background with the NAL, I've, I've done uh, a few scrimmages. I have not competed in a season, but me and a couple friends, we played in some scrimmages near the end of season three. Um, and that is something that we really learned is, you know, we were a team that, like you said, like I would just jump on and slay out. They would just farm points. And then if I died, like one of them would shoot over far, like just, you know, like we, we probably lost in the 240 games that we ended up winning for legendary sea dog, you know, probably lost like maybe 20 games. Um, mm-hmm. and so to, to go from that where you're just on the, in these pug lobbies, you're just curb stomping and and just slaying to running just like with you start all five of those ships take off in any of those five ships. I mean, like like certain teams, you know, like you guys might be the best team in your lobby, like even in the pro league. But those other four ships would win 230 out of 240 games as well, you know. And so it, it's just insane to where if you send to even if you send one person off of the boat you may just be completely screwed if you are in a suboptimal position. Right. It it really matters about the timing, the positioning, what's going on when uh, you're sending that border, and and all those other factors that go into that thought process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I, I'm interested, um, and, and I, I think I kind of maybe have an idea behind why this is. Because you, you've kind of mentioned it a little bit, but why? Where did the the team name Sloop Deluxe come from? <laughs> so uh, the Sloop Deluxe name came from, um, well, you know, uh, my teammate and I were were Sloop only players. You know, we we had no experience in Galleon. No, and this we meth? met our or no, my teammate Kula the Black actually. Oh, okay, okay. But uh, Meth is a friend that's in a Discord that was with us at the time. Okay. And we knew uh, Meth was, you know, just an absolute lord, probably the best <laughs> PvPer I know in the game. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was like, man, we've had practice against uh, this other team uh, that had uh, Gilly Gilly, which is another streamer at the time that I didn't know, and Smiley Faces, who is our coach, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we had practice against each other a lot, prepping for Sea Champions. And they had been stealing a lot of our strats because at the time there wasn't really like a meta for Sloop. And Kula the Black and I were basically creating it, you know. We were sparsing the the specials in a specific way. We had sale management. We had a a plan that we would follow. Um, And we were just, you know, taking it to the next level. And one update... um, there was a trick where you could throw water through your stairs and it would go completely <laughs> off the ship. What? And so I was like, oh my God, I just accidentally threw water through my stairs, you know, and I'm streaming at the time. I'm like, nobody clipped that. <laughs> <laughs> and so a lot of the teams had started picking up on that, like Potter Sauce and Dragon Slayer Lance from uh, the Booty Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, they were watching my VODs. Um, smiley faces and gilly they were watching my vods and you know those guys picked up basically every strat that cool and i had made and 
at the time, Gilly was like, hey, man, we should do NAL after Sea Champions. I was like, sure, let's do it. I I said, if Kula the Black can do it, then I'll do it. And so Kula said he would do it. But uh, with time constraints and stuff, he wasn't able to, to really participate. But mm-hmm. I, I stuck through it, you know. And I actually really hated Galley Arena for the first few weeks. You know, I, I despised it. I wasn't having fun. Um, I was getting my ass handed to me like I would not usually do, you know, coming from Sloop Arena where I have easily over 900 games won easily. Dang. And just getting smoked in Galley Arena was just putting me in like a bad mood, you know. Mm-hmm. But we invested the time and got better and it became a lot of fun for me. And seeing the guys succeed and and improving it better is it was really driving me. So uh yeah, we we practiced against each other a lot in C Champions. Kula and I fell a little short in the semifinals. Um point being was uh the team that had won the C Champions was JR uh gamer and Hunter from the Bobby the Bottles. We had um a huge point lead over them and we were dominating them in the last game and we decided to go for um at the time the black sales sloop which is another nal team who have recently changed their name to goats on boats they had two players on the sloop and uh they had the chest and i thought they were gonna go turn in the chest so we went over there to contest it and leave bobby the bottles alone and they decided not to do a chest play and keep the chest. And I had shot over to the turn and that really cost us. Mm. And because of that, we ended up sinking to um, uh, the Black Sails, which put Bobby the Bottles team above us in placement, and we had lost by two points. Rip. So very, yeah. very close. It, it's cool, like, how, you know, like as just, like, kind of the reach of the NAL now, where you have these guys that are competing in these Sea of Champions you know, tournaments that are, you know, like as you're going through, it's like this guy who is with this team, this guy who's with this team. And just how a lot of these, like the NAL is attracting a lot of these really, really top tier Sea of Thieves players. Mm-hmm. So, so um, yeah, Gilly basically had been wanting to do an NAL team for, for a couple of seasons. And at the time, I didn't really know what NAL was until they talked about and told uh, told me it, uh, about it i'd have only heard about the nal a few times through my friend uh x axis and comrade molly mm-hmm. and um you know at the time i was an xbox player and i was like man i'm never gonna be able to do that you know <laughs> and you know i made the switch to pc about four and a half months ago dang and i haven't looked back since i've just been so like july june july yeah. Um, uh, no, I uh, a little bit earlier. I think maybe August. I had gotten uh, a computer from my friend that had uh, a good graphics card and a, a good CPU, and uh, yeah, I I started my journey of PC gaming from there. That's great. Then after getting a little experience off of that, I built my own computer. So my very first computer I built myself afterwards, and uh, it's amazing. I love it. Yeah, that's dope, man. 
So it does the is the Sloop Deluxe just you guys kind of referencing your your background of hey we're a bunch of Sloop players <laughs> that have kind of banded together. Yep, Sloop and that uh, a bigger ship is the Galleon. So you're like, let's go with Deluxe <laughs> since it's bigger. So yeah. Sloop Deluxe, and there we go. Yeah, I love it. I love it, man. So. We had this past weekend the round of fate, which if people have not followed the NAL, basically you have two divisions throughout the year. Uh, you have a pro league and a semi-pro league. At the end of the regular kind of regular season, um, if you will, you have the top three teams from the semi-pro division have a chance to compete for a spot in the grand finals, which will happen this Saturday. Is it 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time? Um. I think it's around 530. 5.30. Okay, 5.30 Eastern Standard Time um, at twitch.tv slash the Notorious Arena League. If you guys want to check it out. Uh, but so they have a chance to compete against the two bottom teams from the pro division. The top two teams in the round of fate make it through. So just kind of overall, what did you think of the the gameplay there. So, so we won't kind of get in yet to, to the teams that actually won it, but what did you think of from like the, the teams that you saw? Did you think that the, the action was good? Um, I, I assume you watch it pretty much every single week. Um, is it, was there anything that surprised you from any of the teams? Um, did anything surprise me? Um, not really too much. I mean, all of those teams I felt could have made it into the finals. Mm -hmm. uh, but I felt like there were a few teams that really stood out. Like Curse Sales, they are so consistent. They play so well. They have good long-range cannons. And another team, uh, Death Omens, played very similar to their uh, level where they have really good long-range cannons and they play a little bit on the outside a lot. And then there was Fighting Falcons, who I knew a lot of people would be sleeping on that team. And so my two teams going out to make the finals had to have been one, uh, uh, two of those three teams. And I know um, Booty Warriors have really good quad cannons. And um, the Associates are really good in one-on-one -on -one broad battles. And they're so consistent. So, when it was near the middle of the matches, I think that's why it was such a tight point spread until the very end. I felt Curse Sales took uh, an early on lead after the the fourth or fifth game. And after that, that really turned the game to where people were now focusing on just securing the second spot. Yeah. And so that allowed Curse Sales to... To play more relaxed and more freely. Mm -hmm. Kind of like what happened with us in league play week three. Where we had secured such a big enough lead that people would just leave us alone. Nobody wanted to, to battle us and they would target each other to try and secure the spot to make it to the grand finals. Yeah, and, and it's one of those things where like you're not allowed like by league rules you're not allowed to like for for you guys if you guys you know don't want goats on boats to be in the grand finals you you cannot personally go out and just target them and quad board them every time and make sure they sink every time like you have to play by the rules but at the same time like 
it did seem like there. So so the two teams that ended up making it through were Cursed Sales and Fighting Falcons, which were both of the pro teams that had to kind of step down and compete in the round of fate. But it mm-hmm. seemed like Cursed Sales kind of there towards the end of one of those games was putting a little extra pressure on Fighting Falcons just because they know how good Fighting Falcons actually is. And if they had a chance to sink them, even if they sink themselves because they don't need the win, but if they can kind of go tit for tat there, um, even if both teams ended up sinking, like in the long run, that might play out better for Cursed Sales just not having to see them next week. Um, but mm. Fighting Falcons was able to actually fight them off, sink them, um, it was that was so much fun to watch, man. So the scores, real quick, were Curse Sales fifty one, um, 30, 36 for Fighting Falcons after all the games, and so you get certain points based on how you play. And was it eight games? Uh, seven. Seven games. Okay. Um, over over the seven games, so Fighting Falcons thirty six, Associates thirty four, Booty Warriors thirty two, and twenty nine for the Death Omens. So there was seven points separating fifth and second, and there was. 15 points separating first and second. So like you were saying there, Curse Sales just ran away with it. Yeah. Uh, after, I want to say after game five, I felt like all the other teams started targeting each other. Mm-hmm. And um, Curse Sales was able to do their work. Yeah, and I, I think when I, I was streaming during the first part of it, so I think I joined during maybe right before game five. It was either game four or game five. And I think Fighting Falcons was fourth, and they ended up clawing their way back up to second. And it, it was one of those things where in this round of fate, and I think we're going to see that next week, maybe from one to five, um, just how quickly if you sink here or you just kind of aren't able to get into the action, just like how quickly you can go down that leaderboard. And then, you know, you just end up with two points instead of four points. And then it just kind of cost you the game cost you the whole right. round by the end of it yep so you I, I saw you in chat um you were you seemed pretty confident that fighting falcons those those pro teams were, were going to do that have you do you scrim much against the associates booty warriors and death omens um i have uh scrimmed a lot against uh booty warriors and a lot against death omens okay and i've uh also scrimmed a handful against associates they're the brazilian team correct correct or death omens this oh okay got you and um i knew all those teams strong suits and their weaknesses and um i feel like with all teams at this point in the season i feel like every team knows what the team's weaknesses are and strengths are. And um, I knew that uh, one of the weaknesses for Death Omens was those guys are on 240 ping. And you have mm. Fighting Falcons, who has an insane border named I'm Creeping Death, oh, yeah. who is also on the same central servers. So he's getting 80 ping. And when you have somebody that is a good slayer, that has 80 ping boarding a ship that has 200 plus ping. Mm-hmm. It's it's detrimental. There's there's nothing really they can do. And so Death Omens got punished uh, quite a few times because of borders. And it's it's out of their hands, you know. Mm-hmm. They, they play to where they don't really send a border often. And they can in long range. And the Fighting Falcon's strong suit is... Their boarding place, 
and they like to send borders very often. And so that's what gave Fighting Falcons the edge in this series. And and Cursales, you know, they're, they're just a really good team. We played them a lot during practices, scrimmages, unofficial scrimmages. We knew how good they are, and we expected them to make it out into the finals. As for the last spot, you know, it's a toss-up. Booty Warriors plays with high-risk, high-reward, and they quad cannon a lot. And that's that's where uh, the risk is, you know, when you have four people on cannons, you have somebody that's not on helm or somebody that's not bailing or or things, you know? Mm-hmm. So they have a riskier play style. You have the associates that are consistent, you know? They play smart. They're tough to beat in one-on-ones. And you could get really punished if you get uh, um, tunnel vision on them. So it was really a toss-up between those four teams. And out of those four teams, Kurt, uh, Fighting Falcons has the edge with their borders. And they have a good helm out of Aggie. And uh, Symbiotic is a good overall uh, player. Um, there's... Um, a zombie moon who's also a really good cannoneer and good overall player. And then you have Miss Moo, who's a very consistent build. She's really good at keeping her uh, low deck dry. And so um, I feel like the teams that had more reps against the pro player division basically uh, were the ones to make it out. So... Do you think so? So there was a a shot that Creeping Death hit, and I forget who he got on, um, but he had that board where he shot onto the rowboat of a team, sniped the the helm, um, got on. I think he slayed all four out, and they ended up getting a sink on whatever team that they were. He he was boarding. Mm-hmm. Is it is there a reason to keep the rowboat on? Because if they don't have a rowboat there, he doesn't land on right. You know, there's a few things you can do with the rowboat, and it also blocks shots from the back. But okay, I never really thought about that. You know, yeah, I'm just, I, I, I dropped the, the rowboat. I guess I honestly just thought I was like, like it would take two seconds for somebody to just run back there, drop it, and that just is a. And I don't know how often that that's obviously is not a. It's kind of a doomsday scenario that somebody mm-hmm. is actually getting the board like that. Um, but you are right. It does. It does provide a little bit of defense when those shots kind of rag on the mm-hmm. the rowboat instead of the actual boat. So, also uh, something that I've noticed is with this recent update, everybody's ping is significantly higher. Like I would be around 110 to 130 on that nail servers, mm-hmm. and now it's 150 to 190, and Jeez. it spikes a lot. And so I. I don't know what's going on with the servers, but mm-hmm. it is something I want to. What it is, yeah. And then you have a really good border, you know, creeping death, who gets eighty ping, and so he's just able to slay out chips. Yeah, I was. Like I was it gives them a huge advantage right now. For sure, I was watching somebody from um, Black uh, Curse Sale, sorry, that boarded somebody as well, and you know, it was probably like, vote to cancel. Yeah, and I mean, they like shotgun somebody somebody like slice them with like a sword twice like didn't, didn't take any damage then like you know it was like it looked like a shotgun shot missed and vote got 
one blundied. It's just like it's so tough when you just there is very little bit of information that you can actually trust when you are getting those high ping servers. Right. Um, it's like like did my shot actually like you you have it where my favorite is when you sword lunge and you clearly knock the person back like they clearly makes the noise and yet you're like stuck not able to move for like three seconds you know <laughs> yeah with how the servers are right now pvp is a toss-up and mm-hmm. you know you get a lots of cannon bugs but it is what it is you know you gotta for sure push through and you have to control the things that you can control yeah yeah and and, and when i would say honestly when even when the ping is good you know because everybody kind of is playing on that uneven playing field and you, mm-hmm. I guess you do have, you know, like Creeping Death has an advantage over those other dudes that are sitting at 200 ping. Um, but generally speaking, the PvP would pretty much be a toss-up anyway, especially when it's like 1v4. Um, yeah. It's like your goal is to get that anchor down, like maybe get a pick or yeah. two, and then jump off the boat or die. Um, yeah. So and Creeping Death is insane. Yes. And yes. stuff. Uh, uh it, he also reminds me a lot of Mephisto. Like if he if he gets on a ship, you're getting wiped. It's it's mm-hmm. just how it is, you know. It's so hard to kill those guys, mostly because of their movement and that they don't miss. What weapons do you run when you're playing in the NAL? I'm Blender Snipe. Okay, I always just went back because and forth. Pistol yeah. is inconsistent. Yeah. Where I'd be sniper pistoling people, still getting the two taps, but it wouldn't kill. Yeah, and it happened a lot, especially when I when we would get boarded by like Bobby the Bottles, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe we got boarded by Jr. and I had pistol sniped him and then pistoled him again, and he didn't Good die. Man. Yeah, and he ends up getting our anchor, killing two or three of us, and then it puts us in a really bad spot where we get farmed by two other ships, and we just have to scuttle. And we lost that game, obviously. <laughs> so it's, it's things like that that you pick up to where, all right, I'm just going to blunder snipe because blunder is consistent up close. Yeah. And even then, you know, I'm still not getting kills. That should be kills. But yeah, and it's one of those things, too, where it's like, it's yeah, nothing you can control. Yeah. And, and, and blunder and sword both are like a little bit cheese where they're just not super balanced. Um, and. Like you said, but but like like you said with the, with the inconsistency, it's like everybody has the opportunity to use those weapons. If right. you're going, if you're trying to make it the highest level of competition that you can do, you know, it would be like imagine having Tom Brady out there being like, all right, well, he's not allowed to throw the ball; he can only he can only run it, you know. Right. <laughs> and so you'll notice that nobody runs pistols in NAL. Oh yeah, not a single player. Mm-hmm. It's either blunder sword or blunder sniper. Yeah, I don't think very many people have sniper sword. Maybe like a handful, but well, that, and that's the thing is when you're on much. the the sniper is so good for being able to deal damage at a distance, right? But if you're mm-hmm. playing ship defense, you're not trying to create any distance. You're trying if somebody gets on your ship or they're on your ladder, you're trying to get as close, just like collapse on them. Like they can't kill you if they're dead. Just everybody swarm. It's like it's like a football player, right? Put yeah. as many hats on the ball as you can. Same thing with the border. Just everybody run out with a shotgun. If we all hit him enough, he's dead. <laughs> right. But then there are some some people that with the snipers that are insanely good if it's whether it's up close or long range. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I feel like Mephisto and I are really good at PvP. Mm-hmm. And we TDM a lot. 
And so we're very confident with our sniper skills to shoot at least at least one sniper shot will land if you get on the ship mm-hmm. right right away. So you'll be down, you know, 70% of your health. Hypothetically. Right. <laughs> Hit the that, registers. Right. That's why I say <laughs> at, at least one sniper shot will land. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that is, it's, and like, it's good for if you're kind of in a bad position and somebody's on cannons, just putting some pressure on them. Like sniper definitely yeah. has its place. Um, mm-hmm. But if you have people that aren't as comfortable with a sniper, just running sh- uh, sword and shotgun, a sword blender is, you know, it's everything mm-hmm. that you need from a, a cannoner or a bilge to just kind of defend themselves. Yeah. And I believe uh, during Brawl, I, w- I want to say either week one or two, we had sent Mephisto over to go board and he's on the ladder and there's two people ladder watching it. And so I went over to the back and sniped one of the people that were watching ladder and I killed him. And so that meth was able to, to board and uh, anchor them. That was pretty sick. I'll have to find the clip, but it was great. So yeah. having sniper definitely has its place. Mm-hmm, for sure. The thing is, we used to have four people sniping on the ship and then it would take away from cannon time. And so you're like, all right, we're taking LA snipers from people. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, you need to get back on the cannons. Hand over your turn. Please turn in your sniper. Please turn over your sniper. You know? <laughs> and it's not like they're leaving the ship either. Right? Yeah. So just put on blunder sword and you're good to go. Exactly. And, and I feel like that, like, okay, so, so I, I'm really excited. I think I'm going to watch in the, in the finals. I'm going to watch a lot of your uh, POV and, and, I really like watching Helm play. Like last year, I watched the NAL. Last season, I watched it a lot more than I have this season. And watching uh, PK Helm for for Second Son was mm-hmm. like watching you know Bach just <laughs> do his thing out there, like just just conduct and and just just watching. It's it's like art. Um, and that is it is very important. For you guys to have some range, like if somebody's climbing up a ladder, if somebody's down by the anchor and you need to support your team, to not have to run down right. there, put yourself in a position to get one blundied, um, just be able to just quick damage back on the wheel, back your quarterback, you're out there figuring out, looking at the field and everything. Um, and so, like you said, like you're you're not leaving the boat ever either, but to have that range is, is super helpful. Yeah, most of the time I'm on the ship, but mm-hmm. if Mef doesn't get a board and it's in a moment where we need a boarder, mm-hmm. I'll go over. Like mm-hmm. they'll send me over, and I'll make sure that the job gets done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I, I'm, I'm confident in Mef and slaying any ship. Like if I send him over, I know he's gonna give me a wipe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so. Looking at you, you talked about. I, I I was in awe just a few minutes ago when you were just talking about all the the strengths of each of these teams. You just kind of have them off the top of your head. Um, so you we got we got five teams and help me out here. The fifth team is it Blood Tallyman? Is are they? Yes, Blood so, Tallyman. So it another is, sleeper team that people sleep on. They're so good. They're <laughs> we so got, good. We got Sloop Deluxe. Well, first of all, we have Cursed Sales. They are seated number one. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Sloop Deluxe number two. I thought that was funny when when everybody was Sloop Deluxe number yeah, two. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to throw my keyboard out my window. <laughs> like, 
We had like 82 points in the pro division, and the second place team. Let me get, let me look at the score. I still have it written down. Oh, dude! The I second place team had 70. All right, and we had 83. I wanted to throw my keyboard out of the room. And that's in like a three week long period. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was that was hysterical. Um, and I don't, I don't know how they got that ordering, and if they just kind of <laughs> threw it out there, but that was funny. Um, yeah. So, Sloop Deluxe number one. Goats on Boats, number two. Blood Tallyman, three. And then based on the results of the round of fates, Curse Sales, four. Fighting Falcons, number five. Yep. What same, are... Same five teams. Same five, yep. Um, what what are some of the keys that you think are going to... What do you think you guys are going to need to do to uh, make sure that you guys come out? Like, what do you, what do you think, I guess, not necessarily just for you guys, but what is going to be the most important thing, the winning team does what the best i think whichever team plays their game plan and sticks to it the best is probably going to win because all five of these teams are so good and that it all depends on on who's playing their game honestly it's going to come down who to who wants it more who's playing their game and who's able to to stay solid that's what it's going to come down to be it's seven matches, right? Yep, seven dude, matches. That is such like when, when you do scrims, dudes. And let me tell you, if you guys have not competed in the NAL, you guys have played arena before, though. It is so much different. Like the those games seem like they last for thirty plus minutes with just how <laughs> focused you have to be, how much action there is in those fifteen minutes. So seven games is gonna feel like an eternity, and and just. How do you guys keep your focus? Oh, I mean, it's it's just trying to stay and keep our energy level. Mm-hmm. I I get excited when my guys are are playing, you know, and if they're they're when they're playing good, you know, I I just get excited. Like my energy level just keeps going and going and going. Have you guys played for two hours? Have you have you guys done a seven match round before in the NAL? Yeah, we we've done a few uh, scrimmages where we've played all eight sets. Okay, or all two sets, which is eight games. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So you so, I guess in that sense, the the fighting because the fighting Falcons and Curse Sales they kind of have that going for them where they, especially Curse Sales, they sh- really showed that they can keep because they were winning games. You know those those last three games, late in it, even though they had it kind of secured, they're still pulling out dubs. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of have showed that they can they can keep it going late. I think, yeah, I, I really do think it's going to come down to. I I think the first four games, they're not going to necessarily be toss ups, but when it comes down to those last three, I think we're going to see a lot of shifting around in places. Yeah, so, it's gonna be fun. I feel like the first three games are going to be pretty important. Um, it'll definitely set the tempo of the game and what's going to happen going on to the, the second half of the matches. Mm-hmm. So in terms of just predictions, it, this can be about anything. Do you have a bold prediction that you can just throw out there? Is there anything that like looking back, you can, you can predict something right now and we're going to be like, nah, pay raise crazy. This man's off his rocker. <laughs> Bold predictions. I mean, the one thing that is going to be almost obvious is there's going to be a lot of boarding for sure. 
a lot of people are going to be sending borders. Really? Yeah. I can already I can already sense it. So is that something that's shifted from season three to season four? Like, did you guys have a lot of borders throughout the season? I mean, we didn't really have a lot of borders mm-hmm. per se, but it, it still happens. It's just some of the teams have borders that we'll be sending a lot. Who would you rank? So we, we have different positions, right? Like we have your helm, you have meth as the border, you got mm-hmm. a normally a flex and then a bilge. Mm-hmm. Who give me your power ranking top three top three borders in the finals here. Um top three borders. In order. Start with number three. So who's the third best border that's gonna be competing this Saturday at five thirty Eastern Standard Time in the NAL Grand Finals? The third best border is definitely vote to cancel. Like if he gets on, you know, he's probably gonna get you at least one or two kills. Okay. And at least we'll distract you for sure. Yeah. Uh second best I gotta say creeping death. Just because he's sent so often and he can definitely get you uh a team wipe or anchor ship. He just plays smart. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say Mephisto is, is lethal. We don't send him <laughs> off too much. Yeah, but man, I know the dude will guarantee me a team wipe, and it puts a lot of pressures on teams. So yeah, well, I just sp- wish we'd send them more. Yeah, spawning spawning in arena is kind of broken because spawn camping a ship has never been anything, in my opinion, that really takes skill. Because if you can get the team wipe the first time, they're staggered spawns. You don't get food. You know, it, it's like you're just killing dudes that don't have food over and over again, one at a time, trickling in. Um, I, I do think that would be something that if you, if you could delay your respawn like you can in an adventure mode, and then mm-hmm. you can all come back at the same time, I think that would be something that could really contribute to the competitiveness, you know, and, and kind of breaking those spawn camps. But again, that would be kind of a lot of on the coding part of rare. Right. I don't know. Um, so, dude, I mean, what what do you think? goes into that process that thought process of like when to board versus when to just stay on cannons because does it does it depend on like where the team that you're fighting is in the points because you know if you if you leave meth on the boat and he's just hitting his cannon shots that's 40 points a shot yep that's points you miss out on mm-hmm. yeah, but in, if he goes yeah, it really depends it's like if you can guarantee like uh maybe a, a mini farm or a farm on a ship mm-hmm or if you need someone to go down or yeah i mean it it really depends and i know uh fighting falcons like to send their board a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that's that's their thing you know and when you have the advantage you got to use it you know and that's oh, yeah. their advantage right there yeah that that definitely is something that it can swing one on ones you know and if if that is your your thing and you're just trying to play it as five one one v ones you know like that that's a way to win if you're just sinking a ship and then moving on but it, it it'll is, definitely make it hell for whatever ship that they keep going for so for sure exactly so if you're if you're pulling up next to the team that's in fourth place though and, and you can just keep them on there if you can keep meth on the boat and get you know three thousand points in three minutes versus you know sending him and then. 
um, sinking their boat, you know, it doesn't really make sense because then you lose that farm, that farm opportunity if they sink. And then, you know, I don't know. It's, it's so complex, man. It's so complex. And then you have all these teams now that they've gotten so good with like, when do I scuttle? Like I saw curse sales do it. And it, it was like, they like just got into a spot where it was not looking good for them. They were kind of disabled. Mm-hmm. And the, I think it was booty warriors was starting to farm. Them, and it was just like, all right, Let's get out of here. <laughs> Sink, <Yeah>. restart. <laughs> There's a few indicators that I think of whenever we get into a situation like that, and it's are all three of our masks down and are we inked? Mm-hmm. If if those two factors are together, then it's it you kind of want to scuttle at that point. Unless if you know you're far away from other ships. Yeah. If your sails are down and you're inked, you're gonna get farmed on. It's just how it is. And so it's better to to let your thousand go down, then give a team about 2,000, 3,000 points and trying to decide when to scuttle because you know you'll have two ships at the same time getting those points. Yeah. If not, maybe even more. Yeah. And that's the thing, too, is like you guys, I mean, I think it would probably take you guys to fully repair your ship like 20 seconds. But when you have cannon shots raining down and you're trying to like run up and bucket water and everything's just all over the place. It, yep. you know, somebody gets sandbagged and then it's just... And then there's a risk of a border too. Yeah, yeah. Is it... So if you get all three down, but the the, the ink is still up, is that like a 50% chance that you scuttle, you know, depending on the situation? And then as soon as it goes down, it's it's 100%? Like if you get ink, do you ever, I guess, scuttle with just one of those factors or does it need to be both? Um, It really depends. It, mm-hmm. it, it's really situational. But... For us, a guarantee is, you know, we're anchored and both and all sales are down just because it's it's too hard to recover from that. Yeah, for sure. Because it takes time pulling up sales, then takes time pulling up an anchor. Yeah. And then you also at the time, you know, you probably only have one or two like arms on the anchor itself. So you only have one or two people pulling it up. It's just not efficient. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those anchors can be devastating that it's it really sucks it really sucks is when you get a border on that drops it when there's only one arm left because then you just have to hope that that arm swings by you if you're trying to catch yeah and that the person doesn't kill you when you catch it yeah true (laughs) true yeah so jumping in here we you guys are gonna be I, i i think the favorites going in um we had the top two teams and I want to say Grave Tides finished. I, I know they they won the round of fate, and I think I want to say they finished like top three or maybe fourth in the the grand finals last year. They did not come back as well. So you have QRF, the three time champions, um, Forsaken Sun, who was in my opinion the best team last year, and QRF just and, and it is so hard in anything that you do to be a champion three times. And like, don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. I, I'm not dissing QRF here at all. Like the the fire strat and what they came up with was ingenious, and it was it, it was like, dude, it, it, like you have to find ways to continually improve when when everybody's aiming to come at you. And I thought the Forsaken Sun was the better team all season. They just if if it were just you put them in a vacuum, like for, I would take Forsaken Sun over QRF. But the fire strat was 
insane. It was like they they needed yeah. something, and it like you were you were telling me earlier. I didn't realize this. You said that they played every single player on their roster in the grand finals, which is yep epic. <laughs> like because a lot of the the players they didn't really have their main core players, and so they struggled throughout the season. And, okay. Um, I think that's that's why their their point spread wasn't as high as the other teams. Mm-hmm. I know they barely uh, clutched a spot for the grand finals, but mm-hmm. yeah, the the fire strat was game changing. You know, this is before a great strat, and the only way you had to bail was to go all the way to the very top, throw the bucket, and then run all the way down. With the fire strat, you're basically eliminating. I want to say 10 seconds per scoop. And so that's, that's a game changer. Yeah. That, and, and you're now you able to have trigger. one build, you know, instead of. Yeah. Instead of multiple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was genius and nobody, like I, it took everybody by surprise. Like nobody was ready for it. And <laughs> it, it really, it's, it's changed because I, Several teams were doing it during the round of fate too, and then like just throughout the season, like it's been just a complete change in the meta, which was was really cool to kind of see real time. Um, but so you had you had all three of these teams leave. Um, I, I'm interested. How do you guys think as this year's favorite heading into the grand finals? How do you guys think that you ma- How do you think that you guys match up against for second son and QRF? I think we'd put up a good battle. I mean, those those teams are so good. You know, mm-hmm. those players are insane. Um, I think we'd put up a good battle and be consistent. Um, but it, it it would really come down to like who comes up with those those final like ideas. Like the fire strat is is insane. I don't think anybody would be QRF in that meta. Unless if everyone knew about Firestrat, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With Firestrat, there's there's not a team that can beat them. Not a single one. For sure. It'd be impossible. It's just such an advantage, dude. Like, it's... <laughs> like you said... You're like saving at least 10 seconds for every bucket. single scoop. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like... You're basically... You save a whole minute of just scooping. Yeah. Just six fire Firestrat scoops. It was like... Done. It was like watching Picasso versus einstein you know like who, who's doing the art and just like the technique and the just like the team play or the the innovation you know right. that, that qrf brings yeah. to the table a lot and like those dudes are like super solid um mm-hmm. like they're some of the best i think some of them are some of the best tdmers out there and they're just they're nuts right man. they innovated and i think that gives teams a lot of the edge Mm-hmm. Early on in the season, you know, no teams would like want to hit their anchor. So once we, I think it was in brawl stage one or stage two, we had uh, cannon the heck out of Bobby the Bottles, and they were trying to wrap around us to get behind us. And I saw that we had cannon two people to kill them, and so I'm like, screw it, let's hit the anchor. I hit the anchor into their broadside, and we're just continuously hitting with cannonballs. And ever since that anchor turn, everyone started doing anchor turns after that. <laughs> it's like I started a whole wave Hell yeah. of anchor turn strategy. It was hilarious. I loved it. That's you know? awesome, man. But it, I, I found it really funny that everyone started doing anchor turns after that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, and you have that's some awesome. teams that'll yell at all right, we're doing the payray, and you'll see them just go down to the anchor and hit it, uh, and just see their ship go 180. It's 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 great. I love it. Yeah, I just love how how quickly that you guys have taken this league by storm. You know, just QRF leaving and and Forsaken Sun leaving left the void. And I think, you know, in the back of people's minds, it was like, is it going to like? Obviously, you still have a ton of great teams. But like, are right. you going to have? the same height of competition that you had. And, and I think you guys filled that void so quickly, just, just even in those, those brawls and those qualifiers of just like, we're, we're not here to mess around, man. We're here I to mean, win. We were the nobodies that people didn't know. We were mm. the, the mystery team, you know, you'll see our names and people will be like, who are these guys? I've never heard of them. I don't know them. And then all of a sudden people are like, wow, these guys can play. I remember our very first uh, scrimmage, or official NAL scrimmage. I was ramming rocks and ramming islands left and right. <laughs> <laughs> and then we did the the next scrimmage the week after that. And I felt like we had really improved a lot. And uh, we won two games out of that set. And it was the first set that we had, or the set that we had won. And that was the day before going into qualifier. And I think if we don't, win that set i don't think we go into qualifiers with the mindset like hey we can really do it we have a really good chance yeah and so after qualifier we had tied for second place for most points and on top of that we had a player disconnect in the middle of those sets and so i felt like we got snubbed out of first so like it's 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 whatever you know we'll just keep grinding you know and then brawl happened, and hey, lo and behold, we are second place again by one point. <laughs> and so you're like, you know what? Let's just keep pushing it and pushing it, you know? And I really won first place. I wanted it. And so after league play week one, when we took first place by, uh, I think it was one or two points, I was so pumped. I was like, finally, we are first place and people are going to know that we're first place. Yeah. And we kept that same energy going in week two. We held on to first place. Then week three, we held on to first place. And, you know, it, I, I want to say it's what's been driving us when, when we're being seen as these guys that came out of nowhere, that we're the number two team. And so when I saw that we were number two on the stream after the round of fate <laughs> matches... I'm like, you gotta be joking. <laughs> Number two again? I I was like, really? After being number two in points after qualifier, number two in points after brawl, and then when we finally take first place, you're gonna give me number two again? <laughs> I was, mmm, mmm. You know, so we've been playing with a chip on our shoulder, you know? Yeah. And I still feel like a lot of the the, the community still sees us as like, the number two team in the league. And I feel like it's really driving me to where I want to be the best I can be for my team to where we will push anybody out of our way to take that throne. And we want it. We're hungry. And I'm so tired of being the number two. It, it, it eats at me. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, all, all great all champions, you know, have that that competitive drive. That's awesome to hear, like, just firsthand of, like, the, 
Because a lot of people, dude, like, I remember when we were playing scrims, like, we got second, and we were so ecstatic, you know? And, and to be fair, we were getting, like, we started fifth, got fourth, third, then second and stuff. We were building our way up. But, like, at the same time, like, it's so easy to be content with just doing well. But to, to hear you guys, you know, always wanting to push. And not only that, but, I mean, you know, how you guys are probably practicing, what, almost every day of the week? Yep, we try to. Uh, I've yeah. been dedicating the time to practice every single day mm -hmm. and when you guys are already you know like you said tdming you're already playing you said you had 83 82 million 83 million as of today which means that you've been out there doing adventure mode fighting yep. when i'm not practicing i'm spending time with my girlfriend playing <laughs> adventure and stuff so yeah yeah it's so like, when i'm not practicing i'm still playing <laughs> exactly exactly and, and so to, to put that time in and stuff, it's definitely paid off for you guys. So that's, that's super awesome to see. Now, the confidence going in here sounds high. Is it high enough? Are, is the Sloop Deluxe going to walk out of Season 4 of the NAL Grand Finals as the second ever NAL champion? Hmm. Well, I think it's going to be a huge dogfight. I feel like there's three definite teams that can definitely win this, and it's whoever wants it more and sticks to their game plan and is able to adapt is going to win the most. Listen, Perry, Perry, so you are you are. I'm confident that we can win, but I know there's a risk that. We have to play our game, and we have to adapt to situations. That was that was a very very diplomatic answer. <laughs> I love it. You're doing great with the diplomacy here. Can, I think we can, can win. I think we yeah. can. Okay. One hundred percent. Okay. And I think if we stick <laughs> to our game plan, there's not a team that can beat us, especially with with us getting going. If we get going, I it's scary. Is there a team that you have your eye on the most that could potentially upset um, slash give you guys a run for your money? There, There's goats on boats that I know are very good, very consistent. Mm -hmm. They have good long range and they play smart. They have a really good helm in Ferdinand. And then also Curse Sails have a really smart helm. Uh, Sailor's Bounty, she's super smart. And whichever helm makes a mistake you'll get punished, and that's what it's going to come down to. I see it as a chess game. Whichever helm can out-helm the helm will win, you know? And it's it's going to be a battle. Final question, I'll let you go. Top three helms in the NAL power rankings right now. Number three. Mm, right now. <laughs> of, of, I guess, what we will exclude people that did not make. Ooh. So if there's an amazing helm that did not make it to the grand finals... We'll exclude them. These are only grand finals. Oh, rounds. man. Number three. Uh, I'd have to say Sailor's Bounty then. Sailor's uh, Bounty. Aggie is close to that. Like, they both play super smart. Sailor's Bounty has a different play style. Aggie I think for is the Fighting is, Falcons, by the way, for anybody that does not know. Fighting Falcons helm. Yeah, I think Ferdinand is the second best helm. He's so smart. He plays very adaptive, and he, he's constantly aware of what's going on. And you already know who's the number one helm, baby. You already know. <laughs> if you've ever watched Payray's stream, <laughs> bro, I love you that. Like, already know. Not shy about it, dude. Just right there in the stream tell number one helm in AL, baby. <laughs> I didn't give myself that title, though. I no? didn't give it. 
No, that's what people were saying in the NAL. So I'm I'm running with it, you know. Dude, I feel it. I feel it. I, I mean, I don't think that you're reaching, even if you do give yourself that title. It's uh, well earned. I mean, I, I honestly, well, I, I will. I want to get into this when we have you back on for like an entire episode. Um, but the rankings of obviously every role is important, but I do mm-hmm. think that that where you are seated in the season and just like the success of your team is largely dependent on your helm play. So uh I I I don't know. I mean I really think of it as a, a team thing, you know. I can't for win sure. by myself. Oh for sure. You know. I feel like the the bilge role is probably the most selfless role that any player on any team can do. And I always think that is the most important role. You know, those are people that are trusting the helm and the other players to do their thing up top while they don't see what's going on for about 90% of the match, you know, they're down there bailing and repairing mm-hmm. and the cannon shots that they get are very limited and they can make a huge impact with how accurate they are. Yeah. So it, that's probably the, the most difficult role in my opinion. No, then, I, I definitely get what you mean, but just like when, when it comes down to it, you know, and, and, you can have the best bilge and just never sink and, and always stay afloat. You have the best cannons who are hitting every single shot that they get, the best mm-hmm. border who's getting on and slaying out every single time. But if you're just not in those positions to to capitalize on what the other three roles are doing, and like you said, every single role is super important, and mm-hmm. you have to be very well-rounded. You can't have a great helm with no other support there. You can't have a great helm and great cannons and a great border. If you don't have that bilge, you know, it's, if you cannot trust right. that person that's in the bottom of that boat, it doesn't go well. Um, yep. you but, have to really trust your team. And I have confidence in my team that I know they're going to do their role mm-hmm. and I will put them in as many opportunities as I can for them to succeed and be the best they can be. And so I will I will always try and get them lined up, always try and get them set up to succeed. And that's, that's my goal. Who is the blood Talion's helm? Blood Talion's helm. Oh, I, th- I didn't mean to put you I'm on the spot. Sure. I know uh, <laughs> top dog is their bilge. Okay. Uh, Wesley as I, th- their consistent cannon. Um, gosh, I think it might be a uh, Supreme impulse. I'm not one thousand percent sure, but uh, I think it is. Tattoo? Uh um Yeah, it might. I I don't know. I don't know I, actually. I'm just throwing out the other two. Those are those yeah. are the four on their team, so I was just curious. Uh, I know that uh Top Dog is a super good bilge mm-hmm. and that team is so well rounded. Like yeah. they're so consistent and a lot of people sleep on them, but man, they put themselves in good positions and they can steal games in a blink of an eye. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. Uh, again, Twitch.tv slash Notorious Arena League. If you guys want to check out the action on Saturday, 5:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you want to see it from the perspective of the number one helm in the NAL, you can find that at Twitch.tv slash Payray. That is P-E-I-R-E-I underscore. Um, so it's going to be a ton of fun to watch. I think it's like I said. I think it's going to come down to those last couple games. And we are going to, no matter how it goes, we're going to have the second ever NAL champion. So 
Should be a blast, dude. Good luck with it. Uh, dude, thank you so much for, for being on. And um, I'm excited to see how you guys do. Thank you. It's been a blast. And I hope we can perform to our expectations and close out. We played these teams in 12 games. Just seven more to go, baby. Let's go. <laughs> hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, again, good luck, man. Uh, we're going to have Perry back on hopefully in a couple weeks, hopefully as the newly crowned NAL champion. Um, but we'll get to hear from him later. And I want to get more into the Sea of Thieves just in general side of things. But NAL finals, it's going to be lit. Check it out. Let's See go. You. <laughs> See you guys.